Welcome to Discovering the Law. My name is Lucy Rivera. Today, we have a very special guest. We have the, the assistant dean of a very prestigious law school in Boston, Boston University Law School, one of my alma maters. The, and Christina Rice is the associate dean of graduate programs, including the graduate program that I attended. Christina, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. It's our honor to learn about your your career and your path um, as an assistant dean. Christina, how did you become, well, how did you reach this position? Uh, so it's a very long story. Um, my background was actually in education. So I started off uh, here in Boston. I came to Boston for undergraduate and uh, started in, in broadcast journalism and then decided that wasn't, wasn't quite the right fit for me, but I'd always loved theater. And so I studied theater education and was a high school drama teacher briefly and then decided to go to law school and, uh, you know, was always passionate about education and, and so thought, you know, I'd like theater, maybe I'll do litigation or maybe I'll do something with education law or intellectual property and uh, actually ended up taking tax because somebody told me you have to take tax because no matter what kind of lawyer you are, you need to know something about tax. And so I took a course in tax law and ended up absolutely loving it. Um, much to my surprise, if somebody had told me going into law school, you're gonna be a tax lawyer, I would have laughed and said, no way. Um, but ended up having a real passion for it. And uh, my first job out of law school was a, a big firm here in Boston. And I started off in the business department. Uh, I had told them that I wanted to do tax. And actually, the, I got a folder on my first day with my name and my assignment. And my assignment said business law. But I could see that underneath this label, there had been another label that was on before. And it had said business slash tax. Hmm. So I'd almost made it into the tax department. But uh, I ended up doing business law. <laughs> Um, which I really enjoyed. I was doing venture capital financing and angel investing, but I was doing that in 2008, which was exactly the wrong time to do that type of law. There wasn't a single venture back to IPO for a year. And so I, along with a third of my class at this firm and, and many people from my class at other firms, um, in January of 2009, got a letter saying, we're sorry, but you know, your job is no more. And so I was sort of released into the cold uh, as an mm. attorney trying to find a job. Um, that's unfortunate, but I'd also say a tribute to you to resilience and after, you know, after being laid off, which is um, extreme event, how did you pull up? How, what can you tell lawyers that find themselves in this situation? Yeah, so um, it really taught me something about resilience. I had thought I was set because in law school <laughs> I was a good student. I had gotten good grades. I was on law review. I was you know, doing all the things people say you're supposed to do as a law student. So I thought, no, I'm good for life, right? <laughs> no, um, there were no law jobs. I couldn't find anything. I was applying every week again and again and, and hearing nothing back. Um, I reached out to some classmates of mine who were able to get me some, some part-time work. 
I yeah. uh, reached out to a professor who was able to get me some part-time work at BU reading uh, applications, because they had a lot of people applying. And I even went back to my theater background, and I was a substitute drama teacher, and I actually was the, the Wellesley Auditorium manager uh, for the middle school for a while, just trying to you know, piece together rent. And then eventually, after about a year and a half of, of looking and not finding anything, I said, well, now is the time to really say, you know, I want to be a tax lawyer. I, I said this you know, two years ago, and it didn't happen. And now I'm going to dig in and say, this is what I'm going to do. Christina, I'm sorry, but I don't know one attorney who goes into law school and just says, I just want to be a tax attorney. Yeah. But tell me, what was it? that attracted you to this? Are you, first of all, are you very good in math? So I, I was pretty good at math in high school, but I had no interest in it. Okay. So like many law students, I said, tax is not for me. I don't like math. A lot of people think that tax law is math law, and it, it really isn't. It's mm. if you can do sixth grade math, you know, you have income, you subtract some deductions, mm. you multiply by a percentage, that's as hard as it gets. Like that's, that's math for tax, uh, at least for the law side of things. And so it, mm. it's not that hard. But what I loved about it was that it's a puzzle. And so I, I joke with people coming into law school, if your favorite section of the LSAT was the logic <laughs> problems, you might be a tax lawyer. Um, <laughs> the Internal Revenue Code is so complicated that it's a matter of figuring out how, how all these code sections fit together and solving this puzzle. Um, and I really liked that. And it's also statutory based. So, um, you know, international attorneys coming from civil systems, kind of like tax law, um, the common law system in the US with cases can be, you know, a lot and confusing. So I liked the, um, the statutory aspect that there was somehow an answer that I could find in the tax code. Speaking about statutory, what can you tell us about the tax statute in the United States? Uh, that it's really, really complicated. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, you've got the, the tax code and regulations and just layers and layers of you know, revenue rulings. And there's cases too. But um, one of the reasons why um, I actually ended up back at BU after doing my JD, thinking I was done, is that uh, a lot of people who practice tax go back and get a master's degree. Mm -hmm. And it's called an LLM, a Master of Laws. And so I joke, attorneys do things backwards in the US. Mm -hmm. We get our Juris Doctorate first, mm -hmm. get the doctorate degree, and then to specialize, we get a master's. And so I went back <laughs> after this long, you know, fruitless employment search and oh. said, I'm gonna get my master's in tax law and I'm gonna be a tax attorney. So I go back to BU um, and I'm taking classes in tax law. And the first class I take is with a partner who's working at Ernst & Young. And I do well in the class, and he says to me, have you ever thought of working at an accounting firm? Now, I had no accounting background. I majored in theater. And so I said, can I do that? I'm not an accountant. I'm an attorney. I don't know anything about accounting. You're telling yeah. me I can work at an accounting firm. And he says, yes, we hire lawyers all the time. So I go, and I interview with him. And I get the job, and I end up working at an accounting firm. And he then asked me to come back and co-teach the class that I had taken with him. So uh, at first I was his teaching assistant and then became his co-instructor. 
But you know, while I was doing that, and also you know, mentoring people at EY because I just loved mentoring and teaching, um, the director of the tax program took another job. And so I'd been mm -hmm. talking to her about wanting to teach more and get more into academia. And so when she took another job, she, she reached out to me and said, hey, would you ever want to be director of the tax program? And I said, you know, imposter syndrome sets in. You know, no way can I be qualified for this. I was thinking of all of the people who'd been director of this program before me with more experience. And, um, but really, it was my dream job. I always wanted to work in education, and here I could, I could work in education and also do tax law, which was the other thing I loved. So I said, yes, absolutely. So I ended up getting that job, and I go to tell the partner that I was working for, who was my co-instructor who had hired me out of this program that I was taking the, the director job, and he looks at me and he says, so you're my boss now? <laughs> and so that's how I ended up back at BU. Uh, working as the director of the tax program. Well, it's very impressive that you are the assistant dean that is at the pinnacle of higher education. Tell us a little bit about that position and, for example, for what does it mean in the development of an attorney? Sure. So, um, so I ended up being the assistant dean because my boss retired. And uh, so, so when he left, he had overseen all of the, the LLM programs. And um, so when he left, I, I stepped into that role. So now I was overseeing the tax program and, and the banking program, which you know well, and, and our American law program. Um, but one of the things that I, I love about it is that I get to meet all of these different students from all over the world. Um, you know, we have people coming from different countries, from different walks of life, who have different legal training, and getting to hear their life experience and what makes them want to come to the US and study you know, tax law or banking law or any other area of law. Um, I just feel so lucky to be in that position and to meet all of these amazing people. And in the, on that vein, in your spirit of academia and the fact that it's, it's just so important to get these courses in, why do you think students should take a tax law course? So uh, the same reason that somebody told me to take a tax law course is that no matter what area of law you're going to practice, there's going to be a tax implication. And so you might not want to be a tax lawyer, but if you're in family law or immigration law or business law, and you're going to be in a situation where money or property is changing hands, and when that happens, there's a tax consequence. And so if you don't know, the tax implications for your clients, and you don't warn your client that this big payment or whatever they think is coming to them, uh, some of that might be going to tax, you might have a really unhappy client who is getting a fraction of what they thought they were getting from any given transaction. No, and we do not want that. So today <laughs> our guest is assist, Associate Dean Assistant Dean. Assistant, Dean. Assistant yes. Dean of the graduate programs, but also former tax attorney from the graduate tax program at B Boston University Law School. Yeah. Um, we're learning from Christina not only how versatile the law career can be, um, but how you can your goals change and your affinities change, but also resiliency, how 
an attorney can bounce back from the worst experiences. Uh, Christina, that is very interesting. I'd like to hear more about that. But could you tell us uh, why, why do you, what, what do you wish more people knew about tax yeah. law? Um, so part of it, I think I wish that people knew, you know, it's not math law. It really is about solving puzzles. Um, also, I wish that, I think when most people think of taxes, they have bad thoughts. Nobody wants to pay taxes. Everybody wishes they were giving less of their money, you know, over to the government. But, um, you know, from, from what I've learned, the benefit of having all of these taxes is that we have schools and roads and parks and programs that are really part of our lives. And uh, I hear from students that are coming from other countries that don't have the same kind of robust tax structure that the US does. And they want to come study US tax law because they want to have those sorts of systems in place in their countries and have all mm -hmm. of these great benefits. Exactly. But to have that, you need the revenue for the government to, to have those things. And so as much as we may all not want to pay uh, a lot of taxes, <laughs> and, and I certainly have my own feelings on it, um, you know, I think people uh, really do need to think about just the benefit that those tax dollars do bring into our lives that, that aren't present in other parts of the world um, where they might not have some of the things we tend to take for granted here. It's true. And a few things that we're learning from Christina also is the power of networking as an attorney. We heard from her a few things as to her professor and when the recession. Tell us about that, because now you started in high school. How, how was that path from being um, a art, very artistic person to a very dynamic individual in tax law? Yeah, so I, I, I think the theater background has helped me just being able to interact with other people and be comfortable doing that. The advice that I give to our incoming students is to be known. Mm -hmm. um, get to know your classmates, get to know your professors, get to know the staff, get to know alumni. Build this network of people. Uh, my own experience being an unemployed attorney and going to my classmates and my former professors and my school. And um, it was through all of those connections that I eventually found all of these little jobs that built a network of people that got me to where I am now. And uh, without those efforts in connecting to my classmates and my professors, um, you know, I might, I might still be looking for my next job. Um, so, so that really is the one thing I say to our students, be known, you know, get to know everybody in this community. That's right. The power of networking and your reputation, but also Christina, you are the associate dean. That is like, as I mentioned to you, the pinnacle, but tell me as you see it, as you judge it, what is the role of a dean of a law school or of a dean of an educational institution for that matter? Um, so, you know, my piece of it is really just to oversee the graduate programs. And so I have over 300 students that I'm ultimately responsible for. And the fun part about it is that every day is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, some days I'm talking to prospective students about why do you want to come and embark on this journey and study the law you know, here in the U.S., which is a country they may never have been to before. Mm -hmm. Or why do you want to specialize in tax? 
Um, and many of them actually tell me my story back to me <laughs> of discovering tax. Um, but also, you know, helping students once they come and navigate their way through this journey. Um, you know, navigating their way through the United States and the US legal system uh, and getting to the end of this degree program and then, and then continuing on and finding that first job or the next job in their career path and building an alumni network and staying connected to our community. Um, you know, I, I now get to go out and recruit prospective students and part of that is I get to meet alumni who graduated 10, 15, 20 years ago. And I always ask them, are you in touch with anyone that you went to school with? And, and the answer is always yes. And a lot of times um, students come to our program when they're typically in their 20s. And so I hear a lot of, you know, I just went to a wedding of my classmate in Brazil. I went to a wedding in India and mm -hmm. hearing about all of these international weddings that our students go to mm -hmm. um, on the fun side, but also on the professional side. Mm -hmm. uh, Christina, I think, as you mentioned, by the fact that students come from other countries, there is a lot of opportunity to acclimate them to the United States culture and to the, the way we live. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about that perspective of change, that yeah. there's a lot of opportunity for that. Yeah. So um, it's actually one of my favorite parts about my job is introducing people to, to the US, but also to Boston. Mm -hmm. uh, we try to do iconic Boston things with our students, mm -hmm. like we take them <laughs> apple picking. Um, and my favorite event is actually um, ice skating. So we take students ice skating at the Aganis Arena, <laughs> which it. is a beautiful ice rink. I want to go. Um, but so many of our students have never ice skated before. Mm -hmm. And it's just this beautiful moment where they step onto the ice and everybody's holding onto the wall and sort of inching along. And then as the next two hours go on, they get confidence and they step away from the wall <laughs> or they'll take the hand of a classmate. And, and sort of find their feet. And that's such a metaphor for what they're doing when they're coming right? and studying. The network. Um, you know, relying on someone as a support and trying something new and trying something different and getting comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. Christina, harking on your tax experience a little bit, right? You, you loved it. But what is it about the United States tax code that is so fascinating uh i think the complexity so uh we have this really old tax system and for better or worse uh it's had a lot of iterations and a lot of additions and every politician has, has you know jumped in there and gotten their piece involved um but in some ways it's actually become the model for a lot of other parts of the world and so we have students who come to study the u.s system partly with the goal of exporting some of it uh, and, and implementing you know, this very developed system into countries that may not have as much of a developed system. Exactly. Tell us a little bit what, your, um, what is your insight about this system that is so important that so many tax attorneys just behold uh, oh, I don't know if I have any brilliant insights um, into well, the tax your system. Your opinion, maybe <laughs> like why? Um, was, what do you feel that there should be any changes 
Oh, I feel like there should be a lot of changes. Okay. Um, okay. But I, I don't know that the program is long enough <laughs> for that. <laughs> for the changes. Um, mm -hmm. For all the changes. But, you know, mm -hmm. I do think that um, I wish that, you know, both attorneys and non-attorneys understood a little bit more about how the tax system works. I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there that um, just the way tax rates work. So. I've talked to some of my friends who say, oh, well, I don't want to get this job that's going to pay me more because you know, then I'm in a higher tax bracket. Um, and that's not how tax brackets actually work. Um, they actually tax chunks of your income as you, as you go up. So um, just and by having a, a job that pays more doesn't mean that the lower dollars are getting taxed at a higher rate. And that is extremely interesting. Other countries do not have these tax breaks, right? Yeah. Uh, but can you, in a nutshell, can you more or less give us your perspective about it as to what those are and how they come about? Why are they there? Yeah, so it's, um, you know, part of this is it's a progressive tax system and there's tax brackets. And so, you know, if you're getting paid a certain amount, then the first $12,000 of your income is, is taxed at, say, 10%. Mm -hmm. And then the next $15,000 is taxed at a slightly higher percent. And as you keep building and getting, you know, next bracket up, that bracket gets taxed at the next highest rate. But it doesn't affect the brackets below. So that first dollar that you made, that everybody makes, is still getting only taxed at 10%. And that is very interesting about our system. And there is something to say about the new initiatives to tax people over a certain income a little bit more. Sure. What, what's your perspective about that? Uh, so, you know, historically, tax brackets were a lot higher. And so I think there, it makes a lot of sense to try and return to some of those historical heights, particularly for, for really large incomes. Um, I think there, you know, there's a lot being said now about all different kinds of tax systems. Um, but when it comes to the income tax system, you know, when we see people making, you know, millions and millions of dollars and other people struggling to be able to afford a home, uh, I think there's a lot of people who want to see, you know, people who seem to be doing very, very well, uh, contributing a little bit more to the society to be able to have the kind of systems, um, you know, the, the schools and, and the opportunities that we as a country you know, value uh, and want everybody to have access to. And we heard it from the authority, assistant dean of Boston University Law School graduate program, tax program, former director and tax attorney, Christina Rice. Christina, we have two minutes. Do you want to, what are your last takeaways? I know we don't have a ton of time, but what do you, what would you like to leave the, your, the audience, your audience? Yeah. What would you like them to know? Um, you know, I would just say to, to any aspiring attorneys out there or, you know, anyone embarking on a new <laughs> career path, um, the importance of, of building that network and of being resilient and being open to the fact that your first job these days is probably not your last. I have had, you know, maybe six or seven different jobs and I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> That's but the way. But that's just how things are now. And so I see a lot of students who, you know, the, the first job offer they get might not be their dream job. And they want to hold out for that dream job and say, oh, but I really wanted to be at this firm or in this position. And I always say, 
yeah, but that's going to be your next job. You know, mm -hmm. let's start, start at the job that is here now for you and then find your path. Thank you, Christina. We ran out of time. Thank you, everybody. I think, Thank you. I think, <laughs> Christina, this was awesome. There's so much to talk about.